Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. First thing I want to say is, you lot are so bloody lucky. Uh, this is Cal from Below the Belt. This is episode, we're going to call it 45.5. Uh, this is like the fourth podcast we've done in about 10 days. Uh, and I am joined by uh, Paul Zanon once again, who's wearing a lovely pair of trainers, I have to say. And uh, we've just come out of the screening for um, I Am Duran at Universal Studios. Massive thank you to them for inviting us, first of all. Um, thoughts Paul on the on the film uh, f- uh, you've basically got the cream of the crop in terms of some of the best fighters that have uh, ever been in a boxing ring and also some of the best Hollywood actors that have ever por- portrayed boxers within the ring um, and then when you think it couldn't get, get any better you start getting the likes of General Noriega suddenly appearing there actually talking I mean it was just they were showing clips of him but then when he suddenly popped up on the screen you thought wow okay you know th- they've really gone to town in terms of the research there it's uh it blew me away to be honest um i've, I've read the book i am duran um this has shed so much more light because obviously the autobiography is all out of roberto duran's mouth this you've got the likes of uh, sugar ray leonard um marvin Hagler, um mike tyson iran barkley and you're getting those sort of rare insights you're shining a torch into a few dark corners that a lot of people didn't know so yeah absolutely brilliant hour and a half felt like it was 10 minutes yeah it really did it really it was a fantastic watch and like you said a who's who of pe- of boxing people um i've not always been his biggest fan but larry merchant it was great to have larry merchant in that film because he's 175 years old he's been around forever he probably saw jack johnson win the world heavyweight title yeah. um 
and for him to be in it, it added that credibility to it. I think. Not that it needed much, it had everyone anyway, but just to sprinkle Larry Merchant on top of it, just added that little bit more credibility. You knew he was there, you knew he witnessed it, he knew his boxing, um, Don King as well. Didn't Don King sound great? He sounded just like he did in the 90s. You, you, you know what, uh, you, you mentioned the 90s there. Um, in, in terms of age, uh, Don King, Larry Merchant, and, um, and Bob Arum uh, pretty much knocking 90 each. Yeah. And, um, which, which is incredible when you listen to it and you're thinking, wow, you know, the, the, the depth of experience that these guys got, you know, in, in boxing and promotions is phenomenal. And when you hear Don King trading off against Bob Arum in there, and in fact, when they're open about their relationship and saying how they actually helped to progress uh, boxing promotions between the, rival, the rivalry they had, it's, it's incredible. It's stuff that you've kind of forgotten in the past. I mean, forget Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren. This was a hundred leagues higher than that. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. And um, the way it's presented on screen in its little snippets is absolutely mouthwatering. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie which you're going to want to go away afterwards, jump onto Google, watch a load of fights again, find out more about the history of Panama, the, the dictatorship, everything. It's... It was almost to an extent, in some respects, it was like an hour and a half trailer because it had so much information there, but it also gave you so many tasters, you, you just, you're intrigued to the next level. As soon as I came out there, I'm thinking, okay, I read the biography, now I need to read the autobiography. And the same as what you've just said, I wanted to go, I wanna, I wanna come out of here, I wanna go home, I wanna get on YouTube or get on wherever, I wanna, I wanna watch more fights, I wanna, I wanna watch more about, um, about Roberto Duran and his career, and go into all the all the fights. Perhaps people don't know about. Um, a lot. Of, there's one of the main focal points of the film was Ray Leonard. Um, was Ray Leonard and their, in particular, the first and their second fights. Um, how do you think? How well do you think feel, feel that they covered those? Again, you know, that, that literally just touched upon it. You, you could have a documentary purely about um, the. the, the you know, Duran, um, Leonard, one and two. Literally, yeah. you could you could fill a two-hour film on that. You know, going behind the scenes in terms of their preparations, the training, the uh, the psychological warfare involved in number one and number two. I mean, uh, Duran kind of did the unthinkable against the Golden Boy in, in in the first one, and it was purely to do with a man who had been born into an environment of of hate and uh, disruption and aggression. And someone who, you know, started off his career, his first paycheck into the professional ranks, which is into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, these days, like you're talking sort of millions for your very first paycheck. The golden boy who won the, the gold medal in the 1976 Olympics versus the guy who was fighting in the barrio, um, you know, stealing mangoes and selling them across the Panama Canal. You know, it's, it's two totally different stories. But um, how they ended up by having this scrap in there, you know, without sort of revealing too much, you can sort of see the movie. But... Um, it's interesting how Leonard's mindset had to be adjusted for the second one because he realised that if he fought toe-to-toe with Duran a thousand times, he would lose one thousand times. And then what he did in the second one and how it came about um, is fairly self-explanatory. So it would have been interesting to, to know um, if perhaps Leonard had maybe sort of tried to mix it, a little bit of showboating, a little bit of toe-to-toe, how that would have panned out, probably would have gone more in sort of um, Duran's favour. Um, the reality is the best we saw from them was probably in that first fight. Um, Sugar Ray probably could have uh, used his footwork a bit more, used his jab a bit more. But that fight probably helped him when he went in with one of the most destructive fighters later on in his career, when he took five years off and came back against uh, Marvis Marvin Hagler in 1987. And um, he probably went in there thinking, this is Duran all over again. But 
an even bigger version mm. and uh, and that was it so yeah but d- 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 these guys between them um, it was also nice to see the sort of uh, I guess the, the camaraderie that special friendship between um, Leonard and Duran um, t- towards the end as well and you know that is sort of broached as a, as a thing and, and in the autobiography you, you read about Duran and he, he comes across as quite a harsh character almost sometimes unpalatable whereas in this um a lot of people sort of saying what an incredible guy he is and this that and the other so I think somewhere in between it there's a common ground you know you kind of have to make your own mind up but certainly in the film you know it comes across as this sort of lovable guy who can walk around Panama and do exactly as he wants and not be questioned I think my oh, I don't know if I give it away. I think I'm going to do it I think my favourite story in the film is where Ricky Hatton Ricky Hatton's in the film and he says I went to Panama to um, to uh to meet Roberto Duran and Roberto Duran he wasn't waiting outside in a cab he was there in the airport in the gate and just walked Ricky through customs he didn't have to go through customs he didn't have to go through passport control I thought it was an amazing story and just shows the influence that Roberto Duran has in that country and the scenes you know the scenes of when uh, you know when he won world titles and things like that the way he was loved there's no fighter that you can think of like that probably only Muhammad Ali is the only fighter I can think of that's comparable in terms of popularity and influence yeah absolutely and um, you know a very valid point in what you said there is um, in terms of how you know he, he came back and uh, like in terms of Duran, you know, comes back to to Panama. Everyone loves him. You know, he, he gets um, when when he beats around Barkley, the the runway is flooded with people. But it also goes to show that boxing has got a very close link with politics in terms of way that people can be with you one second and drop you the next. Mm-hmm. When um when Duran lost against uh, Leonard, you know, everyone was verbally, uh, f- physically abusing um, people. You know, in, in his family, you know, trying to destruct his house and whatever else. Um, and the same with politics. You know, if if you're if you're making all the right moves, you're everyone's sweetheart. The second you don't, then you know you're going to be in deep crap. And um, this this film kind of exemplified that, to be honest. And um, I think that um, with, with with Duran having fought, you know, what was it, 119 fights or something, 113, um, he went through that whole sort of spectrum over four decades of being loved to being hated and round and round and round again. And um, you know, there's, a, there's a great line in there from uh, Springs Toledo, the, uh, the, the the writer, where he sort of says, "We've all had a no mass moment," and it's true. You know, we, we've all had a quit moment in life. And um, as you know, using your Rocky Balboa line, it's not about as hard as you get hit; it's, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep coming forward. And you know, it's, it's a very poignant sort of moment. You know, Duran did have to pick himself up off the the canvas of life and, uh, and and move forward, and he did so with gusto. But um, you, you look at the guy's face now and you can see you know he's genuinely content with everything he's done in his life probably a lot more than so many other fighters can have um he's his his record of fighting over four decades is something incredibly special but it's the people he mixed with i mean you know the best fought the best those four duran Hagler, leonard and hearns i mean at four prolific fighters beat the hell out of each other and uh, we're struggling at the moment to get three fantastic heavyweights that want to fight each other instead we've got the likes of Tyson Fury fighting Schwartz who yep you got to look him up on Boxer to see his form we got um, Deontay Wilder fighting against Brazil yeah a little bit more well known simply because he'd fought against Joshua and um who else we got there's uh and then uh it's uh Anthony Joshua against Anthony uh, Joshua against Ruiz uh, Jr. now and you know again you know as, as a result of uh, Miller not being a bit of a bad boy there but 
but hey, you've got these three, can't they just, you know, sort out some sort of happy medium and, you know, maybe one of them can take 100 million less or something, you know, I, I, I don't know, it's just annoying. You see, in those days, they were getting paid pittance and they went and pitted themselves against the best of the best. I think that's a real, uh, there, there is a line in the film it's, it's where they say they, they didn't have to be told to fight each other, they wanted to fight each other, those four men in, in particular wanted to fight each other and you're absolutely right, you know, it's one of one of my bugbears in, in modern boxing is where fighters talk about percentages and they want to know what their opponent's getting instead of just being happy with I'm getting paid ten million dollars to, to have a boxing match. It's well, how much is he getting? And that's something that's always really really annoyed me about you know modern boxing today is is counting another man's money. It's something I just don't agree with in life, let alone in boxing. Um, we were talking about politics and politics is a theme that that flows throughout the film doesn't it there was uh there's there's the story about the panama canal and how you know the u.s had built the canal um uh, and then there was and then panama wanted to take it back and you know how there was so much uprest in the country and then there was talk about you know general noriega and how he had a relationship with with america as he was playing both sides he was playing both sides he had a relationship with america but at the same time had a relationship with the, with the cartels in colombia uh, it was something that, that it was a theme that ran throughout the film wasn't it yeah definitely and, and, and again when you look at the uh, the ray leonard fight you had the uh you know the, the, the upstanding Americans uh, you know the, the, the clean country and this and the other <laughs> bush there at the front you know behind the scenes there's a lot of crooked stuff going on and then you had Panama which were openly sort of like pissed off to a better extent saying oh the minute you drilled a massive canal through our country you know you want to claim it and uh, you know we're not, we're not happy about it so obviously um, horns locked and it, and it all kicked off to a better extent you know it was, it was worse than uh, the Millwall versus Luton back in the day so uh, <laughs> but um, you know the, the, uh, the, the, the thing is you know things have been sort of smoothed over you know through the years and whatever else but um, to the detriment of a, a lot of lives and uh, a, a lot of money and a lot of bad memories as well but uh, but yeah again the film helps you to highlight that it's certainly worth watching it for a nostalgic trip on, on, on a number of fronts it really is and it addressed them really well I mean the guys who directed it produced it made it done a cracking job and um, I, I should be interviewing one of them in, in a couple of weeks time I believe he's off to Panama next week if memory serves me and um, when he comes back and uh, I'd like to speak to him about what it was like to actually sit with Roberto Duran you know some of the stories that weren't featured in the movie um, what it is like to, to sit there and have a rum and coke with um, and, and whatever else you know so yeah what, where, where can we where, where you, you said you were going to interview I'll, I'll uh, where, where's that going to be uh, Boxing Monthly Fantastic. yeah so uh um, whether it's the uh, the website or um, magazine, probably most likely the website because I want to get that out as you know, sort of timely near the uh, sort of a third of June date when the uh, the film actually comes out. But um, it's yeah, it's, it's 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 one of those films that uh, I'd say in a uh, certainly one in a long time that's really really pulled me in. The last time I was here at the Studios Universal was um, I think when I watched uh, Notorious. Um, uh, Conor McGregor's um, life story, and that was fantastic, and you know it was really well done, etc. But it was nowhere near as poignant as this. I mean, you know, Conor hasn't lived the life that uh, um, Roberto has. No disrespect to Conor McGregor's living an incredible life, and you know what he's done and where he came from, living off benefits where he's got to now. You know, hats off to him, incredible. Roberto Duran is just another level of incredible, mm. uh, almost an, an untouchable level of incredible that can't be matched due to the circumstances, the era, and the fighters he was amongst. Yeah, and then that's that's the thing about you know uh, modern fighters today. Um, guys like Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, they're always comp compared to to you know stars of the past. Floyd Mayweather, mostly with Muhammad Ali. 
guys like Muhammad Ali and Roberto Duran are more than athletes. They're more than fighters. They're they're icons. They're they're bigger than they're bigger than the sport to an extent. In particular, Ali, you know, they're bigger than the sport itself because they become they become so much more than just boxers. There's so much more to them than that. Um, you've read. This is based on a book, uh, his autobiography. You've read yeah. both, yeah. the Hands of Stone, and this is I Am Duran. Yeah. Have a have a favourite. Um, okay, so the um, the biography by Christian Judice, uh, which I think came out around two thousand and eight, memory serves me correct. Um, I like that because it had a few more anecdotes in there, mm. um, which you know, incredibly, um, Roberto didn't actually sort of narrate himself. There was things like I remember when he was about 15 or possibly even younger he was out with some girl and he goes to um, some coffee shop or something like that and these four guys basically um, went along to uh, to go and sort of pull his girlfriend and sort of you know and that was it and he sort of said well I'll, I'll you know I'll take you outside and have a fight with you mm. and uh, he ends up beating the crap out of these sort of four guys who are grown ass men they're like about 20 years old mm. and um, the police turned up and they never said a single word about who did it because they were purely embarrassed about the fact they'd been beaten up by that 15 year old kid and a mm. small one at that mm. Um, he then started to build up the reputation that was it so I found there was lots of little anecdotes so Christian really went into detail it was, it was a much more in-depth book as well mm. um, but there's something about reading an autobiography where you can feel the voice spilling off the page and uh, that was nice as well because um, when you feel Roberta Duran getting angry it generally felt like it was you know yeah. the, the page was getting hot and uh, and that was it so not as much detail in the um, autobiography um, but uh, but certainly worth a read. Uh, my suggestion would be have a, look, have a look at both of them. Yeah, I'd probably say go for the biography first and then finish off with the autobiography. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I've read the biography. Um, I've not read the autobiography, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on uh, Waterstones or whatever and uh, find it. Um, a lot of... A couple of things I was wanted to talk about. Um, a few years ago, ESPN did a No Mass documentary, 30 for 30. I don't know if you saw that one, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um I don't know how you felt about that one. That one he came across very guarded. Yeah. Whereas in this film, you can see he's very much more open. And you, in particular, when they're talking about No Mass and then afterwards winning a world title afterwards, you can see the emotion. You can, see, especially during the No Mass, you can see the emotion. You see his lip go a little bit, um, and you can see he's in a far better place now. Even though that film was only three, four, five years ago, you can see he's in a in a much more um, comfortable place now. Um, did you notice that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those ones where Roberto Duran, I think, you know, to his last living breath, he's never going to suddenly stand up and go, hey, um, you know, yeah, it was, I quit, I quit. Yeah, of course I quit. You know, it's, it's just not going to be his nature. It's not going to be in the nature of any fighter. Um, you know, straight after the fight, he, he, he came up with some bullshit story that he had stomach cramps and whatever else. It was all it was all a cover. Um, and he said, you know, he'd uh, um, basically admitted he was going to retire as well straight after that fight neither were true and um, you know slowly slowly I think he's um, he's kind of been able to swallow the fact that he sort of did quit in there and mm. now and then you actually hear him sort of you know say the words um, you know no mass and but in the right context so I um, I think it's you know you got to look at it this way anyone who quits in the boxing at that level is always going to be a tough tough thing you know you you're looking at everyone for you know look at Amir Khan at the moment and that was no nowhere near as prolific and he, he's going to have that backlash for the rest of his life uh, you know unless he finishes off with some mega fight another mega fight that he gets put into and wins it then unfortunately a lot of people are going to remember him for you know sort of quitting after the low blow to the leg so but um it's what was wasn't the uh, the, the the ideal way to, to finish that fight for Duran but then he comes back 
he mm. comes back and then he, he, you know, at the age of 37 and he, he wins a title against Iran Barkley who was an absolute beast at the weight yeah. you know three three weight world champion and he, he looked like he was twice the size and and he did the unthinkable which was you know knock him out <laughs> you, you don't do that against Iran Barkley it's like sort of saying you know Ruiz Jr going in and um, and going to going for the knockout against Joshua, but which for the records, if he does do, you heard it here first. So, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, you know, and at the age of thirty-seven as well was just um, it, it was fairy tale stuff. But again, he had, he had that self-confidence in him, but he also had the whole thing about doing it for his nation. He let down Panama, the country that supported him when he when he beat Leonard the first time was against him. So he knew that the only way he could get him back on side, the country that he loved so dearly, was by winning another world title. And to do it at a time which was pretty much um, impossible against a massive fighter at that age was uh, was near on miraculous. I was uh, obviously a lot of the focus of the film is on on the four is on the four kings, and uh, four kings being uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, uh, Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns, um, and rightly so. Um, and you've just spoken about the Iran Barkley fight. That's my non for That's probably my f- actually saying that's n- not even that. It's my favourite Roberto Duran fight. Um, the lead right hand couldn't miss. It was Floyd Mayweather esque. It had a laser on it. It was a fantastic performance. Do you have um, do you have a favourite Roberto Br- 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 Duran fight? And in particular, do you have a non four Kings Br- Br- favourite fight? Um. When he fought against uh, Ken Buchanan, I mean that kind of ticks both the boxes. Uh, if we can kind of forget about the uh, the low blow at the end, um, which yeah, w- 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 you know, wasn't the best way to sort of end the fight. But I mean, going out of, from literally the first few seconds um, as the underdog and beating the hell out of a very seasoned champion, Ken, you know, the, people always think, oh, you know, Roberto Duran beat Ken Buchanan. Ken Buchanan was a good world champion, and he went in there and beat the bigger man, the more seasoned man, the one with a, a man with a much better pedigree, and uh, he went out there like. Uh, Basically, is there someone that sort of said to Roberto Duran, "This guy's, you know, got your family held to ransom. He's going to kill them if you don't beat him today." And he went out there with everything on, you know, at stake. So that was probably one of my uh, most memorable ones in there. I mean, yeah, just come back to Barkley there. You know, people forget. Um, I think the fight before that, or a few fights before that, he'd, he'd knocked out Thomas Hearns, and um, you know, so he'd knocked out Tommy Hearns. Tommy Hearns had knocked out. Um, uh, Roberto Duran in dramatic style you know absolutely handed out a shellacking to him mm. so there was no way that Duran was supposed to beat Barkley it was just no. uh, absolutely not, not by stoppage no. not by the man who stopped the man you know it, was, it just wouldn't happen which made it even more incredible it was such an amazing performance I watched it not actually that long ago uh, I, I I was just saying to uh, saying to somebody earlier on I've got the Ring Magazine Fight of the Year collection they used to, used to, be, used to be able to buy them on DVD you used to be able to get them off dodgy websites years ago <laughs> and uh, now you can just if you look you can find them but um, yeah I got and I watched that not long ago and it was such an amazing performance by Roberto Duran it really really is um, yeah not so not so, not sure if there's much more to say really about this film really um, it's yeah it, was, it really was a really really good film um, if you're if you're not you know if you're a fairly new boxing fan you don't know much about Roberto Duran um, a lot of people kind of describe him as this kind of savage um Yes, there is that part of him, but he's a fantastic fighter, greatest lightweight of all time, easily. Um, also, a very good defensive fighter as well. Fantastic head movement, fantastic feet, just an all-round great fighter. Um, look, look him up, read the books, watch his fights. You know, because he truly is an all-time great. In a in a time where that that phrase is thrown around, 
he truly is an all-time great. If you're looking for the opinions of, of boxers, you've got the likes of Lennox Lewis in there, Sugar Ray Leonard, obviously Roberto himself, Iran Barkley, Marvin Haglow very rarely sort of, you know, joins in these sort of things. Um, Mike Tyson, uh, incredible. And then, you know, you've got the likes of Robert De Niro in there, um, Sylvester Stallone in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, and then you've got the... The, uh, the the old boys in there um with you know as we mentioned before Larry Larry Merchant Don King and um and Bob Arum you know just absolutely incredible so yeah you, you've you've got it in quadraphonic stereo in terms of views opinions and uh, shining torches into dark corners so just just to let you guys everybody know it's out on uh, June the third it's on digital download so iTunes Amazon all that usual kind of stuff um, yeah get out there and watch it because it really is a fantastic film Paul thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, for getting me on again. Great to see, great to see you again, um, as always. And I'm sure I'll see you soon, and I'll see all you lot soon as well. Cheers, uh, thank you so much. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.